This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I'm your host, TJ, and I'm joined tonight by Hat Guy Pat, Senior Editor of Hot Time and Old Town. How's it going, Pat? I'm great, TJ. How are you? You know, I'm doing all right. And, you know, we held off a little bit because after the last show we did, when we, it was you and Chris, you guys had a nice little conversation about Arsenal. And you guys kind of lost your, lost your cool as we went along at the end. And then Arsenal went on a run. They hadn't dropped it. They had won every game and hadn't dropped a point. So I'm like, you know, you kind of got to go back to that Bull Durham. You respect the streak. And now the streak is over at they, after they had a draw the other night. So we decided it's time to do another show. So, yeah. Anyway. It was, uh, it was a nice little run. And, and they, I think they should have beaten Leicester. I think they got, uh, I mean, the, the red. by Well, the red at the end by Eddie was totally appropriate. I think Eddie should have been sent off. For Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Vardy should have been sent off earlier in the match for putting his studs on Mustafi's face. And that did not happen. Um, it's well, one of those things and where, that's where I was. Yeah. Was where the say, ref doesn't want to make Arsenal the call in the 43rd minute. You know? No. I, that's where I felt like I, I was going to start with Arsenal got Vardied. Would that have been a fair way of fair assessment? There was that call. and Yeah. And then there was the, the question of whether Vardy was offside. And, and, and based on. I, I just don't understand because based on every other VAR call we've seen that was razor thin this year, shoulders and, and other unplayable body parts have been considered offside. And this time for some reason they weren't, um, I don't know why, but it, it ended up, you know, it, I guess you could say it ended up costing Arsenal a point, but I don't think Vardy would have even been in that position to score had Eddie not had a stupid, uh, Eddie and Keddie had not had a stupid red a few minutes earlier. So Arsenal sure. has to, this is where Chris and I differ. Arsenal has to accept some of the blame uh, for this themselves. Whereas Chris would say there's a vast conspiracy. And um, I, I think the one thing I will say is uh, Arsenal do have a very high number of, of reds go against them. And very, very, very few penalties. If you look at the stats, and I, I don't have them in front of me, but the stats between the amount of penalties that Man United is awarded versus um, the ones that uh, that Arsenal are awarded, it's, it's ridiculous. So I don't know if that's a function of Arsenal doing something wrong, not going down in the box. I don't know. But um, it's troublesome to me. And I, I can't say I disagree with you. I, I definitely... From the eye test, I feel like Man United almost every game, there's a penalty coming somewhere. Versus Arsenal, like I feel like days. someone has... Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, you're getting a little bit to the old days, but where Arsenal, you need to have somebody murdered before they get a penalty. I will grant you that 100%. And I don't know if it's a case of Arsenal, that Man United's players know when to go down versus when the wind is wrong, you know, picking the right time to go down whether their reputations are a little bit sounder that way, or it's a case that their forwards just get fouled more often, which any any of them are possible. 
But to you know say that fouled I guess a lot in the Premier League, TJ. Who gets fouled a lot? Christian Pulisic gets fouled a lot. You know, I was going to hold that till later, but I think we will touch upon that now. He does get fouled a lot. Um, he has he, been William on owes fire. Him, like I think at least a car for the amount of goals that Pulisic has created for him off penalties and, and free kicks lately. And, and it, t- you, yeah, you throw on top of that Pulisic's goal scoring rate lately. Oh my God, this is this is something. It is. We and we got and before, something. We've got something, um, and and we talked about this. I think last time we recorded, it it looked like he put some weight on. He looks bigger. He, I mean, just a little stronger. beefy, a little beefier, a little huskier, if you will. Yeah. And but he didn't lose a step in his quickness. What he did is he doesn't get knocked off the ball. He doesn't get bullied off the ball as quickly as he used to, and that makes him lethal. And it kind of reminds me of I. And I'm I'm gonna you're gonna murder me for this comparison. Uh, is Messi at one point. Early in his career, he'd just go around everybody, and then they just started beating him, beating up on him. He Messi put on a little bit of weight. Yeah. yeah, he put on a little bit of weight when he started changing his diet a little bit, and also next thing you know, he's messy even better. Almost like and I'm going to use another weird comparison: is Jordan before and Jordan after the that hiatus, the baseball hiatus. Yeah, the base. Yes, the baseball yes. hiatus because he it just he he added that tool where you can't just knock him off the ball anymore. He's, but he's still got that lethal quickness. He's got that lethal vision. You know, and I we am talked about very a little bit. leery in, in the nation of Freddie Adu, TJ. I am very leery sure. to um, put those kinds of comparisons on any soccer player from this country. But oh my God, has he been good? That, that he has been good by put, any standard no. in the world. To be car- and, compared and, and by the no. Chelsea fans to Eden Hazard is just... Absolutely. And no, is he Michael Jordan? No. Is he Lionel Messi? No. The comparison was more of the... With both of them, like, Messi had the injuries, Jordan had the baseball hiatus. When they came back, you know, Pulisic had the COVID. Like, Pulisic was doing okay. He was a pretty... He was getting better in the Premier League. Yeah, he had the hat trick. And then he gets that, and then he gets that yeah. break, and he comes back. Like I said, he's a little bit stronger. He's a little bit... Qu- there's the only player I think of right now in the Premier League that is playing as well as he is is Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, realistically, in games, that's it. Maybe Martial, maybe. I, I, and Kevin De Bruyne is, I think he's top five, top ten in the world by anyone's measure. I think, and he could be as high as top five in the world right now. He's absolutely sensational. Pulisic's not there. But Pulisic's starting to look like he could be there soon. So right now, I mean, he's he's the he's the best player on Chelsea right now. Yeah, Chelsea's winning game, and Chelsea's winning. Yeah, which I know as an Arsenal fan that pains you a bit. Do you know what's weird about my house? You don't feel bad about it. I do, but here's the here's the thing. So I I find myself cheering for Chelsea at times, which I hate them. There was a period of time not long ago where I hated them more uh, than Tottenham because Tottenham was harmless and stupid and Chelsea was run by Putin's mob buddy and uh, was dangerous. But I find myself uh, 
cheering for them. And it's only because of Pulisic. And I catch myself and I'm like, I don't want that. But you know what? Arsenal's not catching Chelsea this year. Arsenal, especially if they had won the other day against Leicester, would have a legitimate shot at, at maybe catching fifth place. Maybe it would have been Leicester that finally dropped out. But Chelsea's on a run and, and I don't think they're catching Chelsea. So I can no, go ahead and Chelsea, cheer for Chelsea's Chelsea. Been... No. Chelsea has been very good. There's no question about it. Um, and... Hey, all the more power to them. I, I, they've been very good. Like I said, they've been very good. Man City's been very good. I don't think Leicester's been anything special. No, they're they're on the decline for sure. I, I'm, I'm looking at the sta- I'm looking at the table right now. If Arsenal finished in sixth, that seems fair. Because I think Man United's been pretty good so far, but Wolves and Sheffield United have not. No, and that's out. the thing. I think Arsenal will probably finish in sixth if they can get into fifth. Um, that is potentially a Champions League spot, depending on what happens with Man City. So uh, that's what we want. But I don't think they're going to get there. I, I think I do think that they had a very good chance of getting there had they taken all three points against Leicester. Because and, that would have the double confer- effect of taking points away from Leicester, who might be the team that drops out sure. anyway. So. Well, but to be fair, let, let's sit back when we first started doing these shows when soccer was coming back, and Arsenal there after the first game, after they got pummeled by Man City and it. Um, did you sit there and go say, "Yeah, you know what? They still have a shot at Europe." No, we you had I think we had Chris talking about them getting being yeah, relegated next year. They were, and I know. But they, they were bad, but now you're looking at them going, or is this typical Arsenal? They get your hopes up and you're going to get punched and you're going to get that kick to the groin again. I think overall, yes, that's been Arsenal for many, many years now. The one thing I'll say, that the only thing that I'll say that's different is under Mikel Arteta, unless there is some sort of crazy David Luiz mistake, I don't know if we're... If we're put it nicely um they are defensively tougher and tighter than they were under any of the previous managers i don't think freddie got a long enough shake for us to know what he could have done but um under certainly under um emery and and under wenger at the end they were a little bit sloppy and and michael arteta seems like you know as a defensive midfielder He's getting that all sorted out first, and then we go forward, and we go forward with purpose. And so the the framework is there for something that could be good. You know, I'm not comparing him to Klopp, but remember when Klopp got to Liverpool, it was kind of a mess too. It takes some sure. time. So to I, I do well, think and, that that he's a bright manager, and I'm I'm excited that we have him. I mean, and then let's look at. Let's look at look at Chelsea. I mean, they with Frank Lampard. They're you know, um, Man United with 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 Ole. It, when you get the players that fit your style, good things. And that's and I think that specifically with Man United, when you talk about them, that they and they had said going into this year, they are starting to build the roster to fit the style of play Ole wants to play. And they're doing that, and their signings have been really, really good. And 
you're, they're seeing the, they're starting to see some of the results from it versus the fall. And yes, having Paul Pogba back never hurts. But I don't feel like he's why Man United has been better. He, it doesn't hurt by any stretch. But, um, and I'm looking at the table right now. In 10th spot, we have Tottenham. And the other night, we had Song and Hugo Lloris up in each other's face. And as, as watching that happen, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, and it's Major League Two, which is not a good movie by any stretch, but Bob Euchre is funny as hell in it, is, my God, Spurs fans, or the Spurs are showing life for the or life for the first time in weeks. They appear to be beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was waiting yeah. for somebody to do that. And, and seeing Jose crash and burn this quickly. Oh, it's delightful. I'm sorry. It's entertaining. Is is he going to punch somebody on the field? I hope so. The one thing I will say is they're probably going to win tomorrow if they're playing Bournemouth. Um, but if oh, they don't. Yeah, Bournemouth is a disaster. I think Tottenham will win that game and pull ahead of Arsenal by a point going into the North London Derby. But if they don't, if they lose to Bournemouth, oh, my God. And, you know, I hope for as much uh, disaster and destruction with that team as I can get. So if you had told me, this is what's crazy, if you had told me they were going to be in 10th place this late in the season, I would have been elated. Except when I find out that Arsenal would be in 8th, only two points ahead of them, so... The fact that they've gone backwards since Jose has come in. He sucks. Whatever he's it is, not, it, whatever his, he's not good anymore. No, he, he's not a good manager. I, I just don't think he is. Tottenham so had a happened? great I mean, manager. Tottenham had a fantastic manager. And, pa- and, and with Pochettino, yeah. Yeah. A manager who scared me. Jose uh, scared me at Chelsea because he had, you know, all that Soviet gas money that he was working with, that uh, that natural gas money that that Putin gave his buddy. Wasn't that Abramovich? Didn't he? Was he natural gas? Now I'm second guessing myself. It, Abramovich was one of got one of the utility handouts from Putin, I believe that that made him rich. I, I, so anyway, that's it, it was all that money that made Jose great. I mean, Jose won a Champions League, though, with, with Porto. So at one point, there was something there. Whatever it, there was, he is now a specialist in failure. To <laughs> use his words. Yeah. It, it... Arsene Wenger never finished 10th. Arsene Wenger, no. And you think it's with, with um, Jose... And I, we've discussed it because I find Jose fascinating because of what he did with Porto, the fact that he what he did with Inter, I mean, what he did with Chelsea the first time around. He, he was really good. Is Did the style of play just pass him by that he never evolved with it? Or is it kind of, I want to say, to go to a Chicago reference, almost like Ozzie Guillen and the fact of he started on thinking he was bigger than the... That's, the game I think, itself a very good analogy. Yeah, like, Ozzy's... He's ahead, never sorry. played an enjoyable... Like, Josie's never played an enjoyable style. It's it's enjoyable if you're winning, if you're that team, but... Sure. But 
Guardiola plays an enjoyable style. Klopp plays an enjoyable style. Like you, you're excited to to watch that team. Jose's teams are dreadful. So I, I they just, you know, he could he could win a one nothing game. But when it was, but it, when when he when he was with Porto, that dreadful style against the big dogs in your it, it oh worked. yeah he's right right. The year that doesn't make sense to me is when he won the Champions League with Inter Milan, because I don't remember the style being as dreadful as it is now. But at the I same time, know. yeah, I I don't know, but that like I said, that year to me is the one that I'm kind of like. How does that fit into all this? Because he went to Real Madrid and he was mm-hmm. he was okay. He wasn't that good. He went back to Chelsea and he burned the bridges there. He went to Man United, burned out quick. Like each time, it it seems mm-hmm. to. Bur- but he did win. He, but he won Europa with Manchester United. So I guess there's that. You know. Um, I don't know. Watching Jose burn, watching him melt down. Like I said. I, He's most likely, I think, going to throw a punch at somebody at some point. I'm just not quite sure who he's going to throw it at. That's going to be. I feel like Song is a. Hmm? Oh, if he Song or Harry Kane, which one's going to be? Harry Kane has a more punchable face, but honestly, Song deserves it more. Song is an asshole. This this whole (laughs) idea that he is a uh, lovable, delightful player. Harry Kane seems like a decent guy. I, I I I hate giving him credit, but he does. He seems like a decent guy. Um, does some good for his, you know, the charity work and stuff like that. Song is just, I, I, do, I just dislike him very, very much. Like on a Diego Costa level. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's, except, except at least Diego Costa owned it, you know? Song is like, he's, 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 he's a dirty player and he pretends to not be. Diego Costa owned the fact that he was a dirty, dirty player. So, is does this dislike for song? Is it to the level of Pepe Ramos and Marquez, or not quite? Not 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 there yet. to Marquez. One... Yeah, the others. I you know, not being a huge La Liga fan, I can get by with Marquez is my least favorite athlete of all time. Okay. He might be only surpassed by John Starks or Isaiah Thomas, but I I can't say that for sure. So. That says a lot about Marquez, but the the difference is Starks and Isaiah Thomas are still in the U- are still in the U.S. and Marquez will never be back here. So unless he's facing nope. trial, nope. Unless he's facing trial. So anyway, the great guy that he is. Great guy that he is. So tournament started today. Another one. They call MLS it the MLS is back. back tournament, or as those that don't like MLS, even some that probably do, they call it the COVID Cup. I feel like all these could be called the COVID Cup, realistically. But with the way Florida has blown up, I think I think COVID Cup is appropriate for MLS. Yeah, Florida Especially Man Derby opened it up. Florida Man, Florida Man Derby. I is is that the official name they're going with? If it's not, That's they should. I'm, I'm trying to get it going. That's my contribution to the world. Well, I, you know what? Twitter got El Trafico going. I figure the Florida Man Derby might. I, I it's appropriate. It absolutely is appropriate. Um. Even had some Florida man tactics in during the game. Yeah, throw so chop. So the the interesting things chop. today. Um, throw chop from Dom Dwyer sent a guy to the hospital. Uh, 
Orlando what Orlando City won two to one, I guess. I yeah. I don't know. I was putting the kids to bed. I didn't catch it, but late winner from Nani. I, um, I, it's you know the big winner was obviously Adidas having this yes, it was. advertising, which um, I don't. Um, here's my thought on this. For the longest time, I was thinking that I don't like fake crowd noise. And I really like hearing the players. And there was a Pulisic goal that where they, you, there was a cut of him without fake crowd noise with the full F yeah. And the, like they thought was just absolutely fantastic. And there's still a part of me that does like that, but there's something to be said for in these European games where they've got the banners up over the stands. They look kind of nice. It looks kind of like there's people there, not the CGI thing that La Liga is doing. That's stupid, but just the, base level crowd noise it's kind of comforting it kind of lulls you into a sense of feeling like you're uh you're back to normal and i got kind of used to it and but then i i kept saying i'm excited to see what mls was going to do with this because garber's been talking about mls studio for months now and and i wanted to i was excited about you know and i thought some of the camera angles were great but no on the on field advertising i don't like it um and the Honestly, the uh, advertising board, the chroma key, the blue chroma key that was behind it, it looked all right. Um, the, the mics were kind of good. When the I can't remember what's the name of the guy from Inter Milan who, who got the receiving end of the throat chop from Dwyer. He sounded like I... the, grape, the grape stomp lady <laughs> of like 20 years ago TV news fame. Google it if you don't know. Um, it was always one of our favorite clips when I worked in TV news, but, uh, he sounds like he sounded like the grape stomp lady a little bit on, on the field, mic, which was nice. Um, comforting sound of a man dying. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I like it yet. I know I don't like the center circle as much as I like Adidas. I don't like seeing their logo in the center circle. So it just feels you know, wrong. You know, I, what was interesting to me is when, when, when Dom Dwyer's, uh, throw chop came through the lack of urgency by the medics. Like they just could not be bothered to move it at all. We'll just keep taking. And one of the inner Miami players is like grabbing the, the stretcher, like pulling in there and they didn't speed up. They, they just were taking their sweet time. They just weren't in a hurry. I'm like, based on the player reaction, you guys, even for image, I guess I don't care about the Adidas logo in the middle. To me, it's, I feel like it's I'm not watching in that some... big of a deal, but yeah, it's. I, I guess we're both things. I'm like, you know what? This is the time to try new things. You don't have a crowd. Yeah. You try oh, new yes. things. I do agree. And with that. I, you know what? I agree with you on the crowd. I, I've always been okay with the crowd noise, with the fake crowd noise, and the reason why is for the simple reason: if I'm not paying attention to, to a game because I'm being yes. dad or doing something yes. else, I don't lose sight of the game it's like okay the game's on yep 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 can he keep going feels yeah because like you and i both being dads there are very few games that we sit down and just watch there's you're always doing something Mm -hmm. else you don't have the luxury of sitting and watching a game your children need things they need sandwiches they have fights you need to break up there's all sorts of issues so (laughs) but you don't get to watch it it, it, it blended better in the background. It yeah. blended better in the background than hearing hearing a player hearing Pulisic going "f yeah." I mean, I that thought that was cool too. But you know, it's after watching tonight, I 
you know, and you could do crowd noise bad. NWSL, the first Red Stars match, the crowd noise was mixed horrifically. Um, sure, they they they, fi- they have figured that out by the way. It's figured better. it out though. It's way better. Yeah, they so um, we're getting uh, you know we're getting some different uh, looks at what things we could do, and I do think that's a good thing. I, I'm glad that MLS went for something. I don't think they got it totally right. And I, I will say, in general, um, I'm glad that MLS is trying to put this tournament on. I am not one of these people, like some of the supporters groups and other people that we've seen that that feel like this should be completely called off and these guys should just sit at home all the time. I, I feel like, yes, there's some risk involved with it. And if, if you don't want to take that risk, then you don't have to go. Although I realize financially, a lot of the guys are they may not want to go, but they have to go. I, I, I recognize there's anxiety there. I recognize the human issue. But my general feeling about life in this COVID situation is let's figure out a way to move forward while we beat this thing. Let's not sit back and do nothing. Let's figure out a way to advance ourselves forward in life while we figure out how to stop this thing. And that means wearing masks and social distancing and I feel like the, the bubble has worked, except two of the teams brought it with them into the bubble. So and we're going to find out by the time you listen to this, we will probably know whether Nashville has been booted or not. And I, I fully suspect they will be. But I, I feel like MLS made the right decision to go forward and do this. And, 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 and you and I agree on that. And those that, again, as you said, you got supporters groups that are coming out saying cancel the tournament. And people, I respect their opinions, even some, you know, like Julie DeCaro has been, cancel this tournament, there's no need for it. Wrong. Wrong. What? Wrong. What if you're a and, guy and, who wants to play? Or what if you're, you're wanting and to make thank you. money? Like, well, and I don't even know. It's the making money, yes. But I, I read your quotes from the players. The players are now, excited to play. Here's the here's the what? thing I'll say on that. And this is super important to point out. MLS is being really limited for access to the players. So they are sure. putting those quotes out. So MLS okay. is clearly not going to put out a quote from CJ Sapong or whoever it may be saying, I feel scared. I don't think we should be doing this. They're just not going to do that. So those quotes, I True. guarantee you, there are players who feel that, but we don't hear that because MLS isn't putting those out. And I guarantee you that that's why many of the other journalists in town don't like to use those interviews the fire put out because they, they feel dirty in a way to a person who's been in journalism for a long time. And I completely get that. I'm putting them out with the disclaimer on them that this is from the fire or this is from the league. Every time I use a quote that's from the fire or from the league, I in a story, I... I I differentiate that between if I actually did the interview. If I talk to Wiki and get to ask him the questions, they can't stop me from using it. But if they're just mm-hmm. putting these out, I get, I know that they're only putting out the players who like and like a Bronico or a Cronholm or a Jonathan Bornstein who those are the guys who I genuinely think are probably telling the truth. They are excited to be there and they feel okay. I know there's some that I- don't feel that way. Oh, and, and I agree. I guess the, I keep looking back at it is the one that I keep looking at is Johnny B. And, and just because he is a parent, he's not yeah. a kid. 
Yeah. But yet he wants to play. And to see that tells me, and he's not, and he's not dumb. I, he's analyzed the risk reward and he wants to be there. He wants to do it. The risk for these players is probably less than when you and I go to the grocery store or go to That's Target. That's what I've been saying all along. And there's also less the f- of a chance because they are tested every other day. There's less of a chance that if somebody does contract it, just as you or I could at the grocery store, you or I wouldn't know for days and we would spread it, right? Correct. These guys will know quicker than we would. It's actually a safer place to be, I feel. Even though they're in a hotbed, they're in theory isolated in the hotbed. Now, Anthony Calabrese had a good point the other day. He's like, I don't feel like the players are disciplined enough to actually not sneak out of the bubble and go do stupid things. And I do think, I don't know how tightly they're controlling them. Um, and I do get then if they are tightly controlling them there, it almost has like a prison feel to it, which would sure. be difficult for some people to deal with. But yeah, if, if you sneak out, you potentially, you know, and I, I guess, I guess I'm one that can actually speak to that in the in this sense. Yeah, Again, we've talked about it before. We've talked about because it, it does it in some ways. It compares to a foreign deployment. It, it compares to going to, if you're going to probably in this sense going to Kuwait or going to um, uh, Qatar or something like that. You're not going, not going to southern Afghanistan or you know. Mosul or anything like that, but if you're going to a relatively safe space in those countries, really outside of those zones, here's the thing: where we're, I was in northern Afghanistan in Mazari Sharif, they hadn't had a, uh, the colonel I worked with said they hadn't had a suicide attack in over seven years when I was there. This that said, we never left our we never left our base. Our base, our I was living in a plywood shack. With seven, where we'd put other plywood dividers to make like little rooms, and I can tell you, I never sat there and said I really need to leave. I understood that leaving was probably not in my best interest. Now, then again, leaving there, you're st- you're stuck in the middle of northern Afghanistan, not Orlando, where there are things. <laughs> I get that, but at the same time, you had de- you. I'm not getting nearly the level of food they're getting. I don't have, we had an Xbox, we had a ping pong table, we had a pool table, but I didn't have a cell phone or my cell phone could text. It was uh, a Roche. It was, it was the company was Roshan. It was, it was the T9 texting, but I didn't have any of that stuff that they have. You could do Skype maybe early in the morning. You had enough bandwidth to do it. But my point is, they're under better conditions. You, when you're focused on what you're there to do, a lot of times that temptation to leave kind of goes out the window. You can suck it up. These guys are doing it for a month, and these guys are players. I, I think, I think 99% of them are going to look at it and go, "It's a month. I'm, I'm not in a terrible hotel by any stretch of the imagination. I'll be okay." I, now I that this, yeah. said. Now that said, let's transition to the two the our, our friends in Dallas or Frisco, I guess, and our friends in Nashville who are about to get the shoe. They didn't follow the rules going in. What they're saying is that they used some other testing company, and they they got that's why there was a discrepancy because they're tested. 
they're tested twice within 72 hours. They do the PCR tests before they leave. And then they're tested, basically they're tested right before they get on the plane and right after they get on the plane. And the twice okay. right before they get on the plane. And then Im- literally immediately they get off the plane, they get driven to the hotel and they get tested there. And so they were negative when they left, but positive when they got there. So something is wrong. So either some guys didn't follow the rules or maybe one guy didn't follow the rules and the testing was also bad, which is a problem. And I don't, I, I don't think we know totally what happened, but for that to have happened with two I, different I, teams is not good. But I believe, I believe, I thought I had read with Dallas that there were issues that they didn't follow the quarantine leading in nearly tight enough, much like the Orlando, the Orlando, like the Orlando Pride, Pride and the NWSL. Yeah. They decided, they decided yeah. going to the bar, going to the bars was more important than following than being disciplined. And, you know, if you look back at the reporting and I know you, you were following it, the initial offers from the league, they wanted them quarantined for three weeks. And the reason why they wanted that was yeah. if you had a situation when they hit the ground, like Dallas and like Nashville, they'd be quarantined. It'd be taken care of. They'd be, they'd be able to play. It took everything. It took risk out of the equation in that sense. If you have them, you can, you can put them aside yeah, they can't practice. Got it. But the team players could have didn't played. Want that. Yeah. The players, players didn't, didn't want it. it. And now we're looking at one team's already been, I don't want to say they withdrew. They were withdrawn. And Nashville's about to get the same. They were voted off the island, TJ. Voted off the island. I, I do like that analogy. I, I really do like that analogy. So which brings me kind of, I want to segue this one into the other league that starts up this weekend. And, United Soccer League, the championship, kicked off this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're playing in they're playing in their own stadiums, and they yeah. are following the rules. Yeah. They are following the rules of whatever their state allows. So there may be crowds involved. Yeah, and I'm, I'm some of crowds. them, and some of, and then there are some making wise decisions. I believe Phoenix Rising had already come out and said they're not playing with crowds in, right now. But and obviously Arizona, they shouldn't. Austin Bold has come out this week and said the same thing. Obviously, they shouldn't. Again, this I and I and we and I believe and I believe I've read the protocol that they're using is like 50 pages long. It's very detailed. The players association in the league worked this out. This still doesn't seem like really a wise idea to me to allow, especially to allow fans into the stands at this point. Yeah, because unlike MLS or the NBA or WNBA or NWSL, NWSL. Um, they're just traveling out in the open and, and staying in non-bubble hotels and, and playing each other. And I think they're still going to have uh, testing. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be an interesting test to see how it, this it works is. out. It um, is. I feel like the ones who's going to have their eyes on what works and what doesn't work with the USL is going to be the NFL, honestly, and major yeah. league, and probably major league baseball to a lesser degree because they're not going with a the bubble. They're doing regional bubble uh, regionals, so it's like right. Phoenix Rising is only playing teams in the area. They're not going to go all the way up to Seattle. They're not going to go all the way up to Portland. I don't believe. Um, so they're trying to keep them regionalized. So it's bus trips. I believe there's prob- there'll probably be hotels, and I believe on the buses they have to have their masks on the entire time. So they're they're doing some smart things with it. I think the I think the introduction to crowds is what concerns me is to sit there and go, yeah, we're gonna let crowds in, and I understand the concept. They 
These are teams that are gate dependent a lot more than Major League Soccer, which is very gate dependent. The NBA, which is minor, you know, somewhat Major League Baseball, which is somewhat, they need the gate revenue. I get it. But at the same time, I feel like it's an unnecessary risk. And I know, especially with um, uh, the, the, the Royal, what is it? The Monarchs, the Real Monarchs. In, in, they're going to play their home opener with crowd two day, a few days before the semifinals of the NWSL Challenge Cup, which is when they move to Rio Tinto. Yep. And this is an issue. So you're going with the NWSL, and the NWSL is talking about bringing in a crowd. I'm going, and the reaction on that has not been positive. It's because they've been playing in the bubble. They've been very, very adamant about the bubble, and the bubble is done for the NWSL specifically when you're talking about families involved and children. They don't. I don't think they want the crowds in play. And yet here we are that Rio Tinto might be have fans in it a couple days before the semifinals. That's got to be figured out. I just think that's a whole I, lot I don't of bad. Think that, I don't think that having fans in the stands creates a huge amount of risk for the players, assuming they're kept separate. They don't have to do autographs or anything like that. But it, it does raise questions about the local community and just spreading it in general. Like, is it, you could in theory though, like I'm, I'm trying to envision a red stars game where they open the entire stadium and mm-hmm. they limit the crowd to 2000 people and everybody's seated more than six feet away. It's not a it's, good it, idea. It, it's not, it's not ideal for, for a pandemic. I don't think none of this is, but it probably also isn't a, gigantic risk if you did contactless payments you open the bathroom doors so that people can walk in easily not have to touch anything extra hand sanitizer stations all over the place masks required socially distanced seating i don't know what they're going to have in utah or any of the in the usl stadiums i think there's a way Mm -hmm. to do it that might work i don't think now is the time to do that considering and i think back going back up i think germany could do that right now or in the fall or whenever they want to but i don't think we should yeah but they're not but yeah, they're not but they're not they're they I are mean, they're, they're, but yeah the bundesliga is talking about having fans starting in the fall again so right but they had else. but they had 200 cases today right exactly United States had 55 had 55,000 right 200 versus 55,000. The best idea I've ever heard is just if you don't test people, you can't know whether they have it. And so the numbers don't go up. <laughs> oh, you, you had to go there. Oh, my God. That's what I've heard. I. If you just plug sure. your ears and close your eyes. You have no need to know what's going on around you then. So does that mean if you never take a pregnancy test, you're never pregnant? Exactly. Yeah, the, baby, the baby never comes, from what I understand. So. All right, so there's that. Um, but speaking of the Champions League, so the Champions League, we're going to get started again. It's going to be the second leg you set, I believe, is going to be in their home stadiums. 
And then they're going to move to Portugal for a single elimination, quarterfinal, semifinal, and semifinal. And finals take place over, what, about a two-week period, maybe a three-week period, give or take. So it's going to be over a quick, a quick spell. No crowd involved again. But the, cha- but the Champions League announced today it's now lo- no longer going to be on Bleacher Report and TNT. It is moving to CBS. So those who got CBS All Access for the NWSL Challenge Cup, Hey, you're going to keep it going because now you have the Champions League on CBS All Access. I'm assuming some of it will wind up showing up on CBS and CBS Sportsnet. And you've got the Premier League on peak going to moving to Peacock, apparently, right? And yeah, then the, you've got the games that were going to be on gold are now going to be on Peacock. Um, and is my understanding. And then the and then you've got Syria and. The Bundesliga will be on ESPN Plus by the fall. Yeah. The FA Cup is on ESPN Plus. The Car- Carabao Cup. It, where do, where's Where's Chris? We need him to do his Carabao Cup intro. Is that That's ESPN me. Plus? I, he doesn't do that. I do that. Carabao Cup. Right. The League Cup is on ESPN Plus, but it, Fox is left out, and you got. You've got La Liga on BN Sports, which I don't get anymore, so I could care less. I hate the fact that La Liga is on BN Sports. I want to watch more Messi, and I can't because there's no good way for me to get them. Is so. and I have no idea. I have no idea where League One is. I think they're on BN as well. Correct or I? Does, that, does I anybody care? I think that's correct, and I don't care. All right, I, so we I, got. I can next. watch PSG in the Champions League. That's about all I need to watch them. So. But the move to CBS All Access, I mean, interesting is I would say, I, or CBS. I mean, it, the presumption is All Access is going to pick up a lot of it. Is that correct? I, I I don't know about this year, this season. But well, it's this. It yeah, is this next, year as well. It starts yeah, now. No, I know. It starts I know. now. I don't know about CBS All Access this season. I would think those are big enough games they would want them on cable, but maybe not. Uh, but next year, yeah, I, I think that that'll be where they put a lot of the earlier round stuff. So um, it, it's, I guess, uh, you know, CBS has a lot of um, core legacy sports, you know, the NCAA tournament and the NFL golf. Uh, I don't tend to think of them as being exciting like if you had told me the premier league was you told me the champions league was going to nbc with what they do with the premier league i would be ecstatic to see what they could do with or if the, if it was going back to espn i'd be i'd be really fired up i think nbc and espn do an exciting job of putting sports on the air fox is terrible and low budget and uh some of the stuff that came out about fox not wanting to they didn't like what ESPN wanted to actually spend on the broadcasts for the MLS's back tournament was hilarious to me Um, because they didn't really have a choice because ESPN was kind of running the show for that. But, uh, you know, I I guess I'm excited to see what CBS can do. I think the Turner broadcasts were kind of crap. I I like Kate Abdo a lot. And I I thought, you know, Holden and Marisa do and Tim Howard, I, 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 I didn't really get Steve Nash as much as I like Steve Nash, and it, he did a fine job, I guess. But it was okay. It was better than Fox. 
But um, was, one thing I hated I was about them, say, was, hated about them, is that all of the Europa League games except the final were on on uh, their streaming. Bleach, uh, you had to pay BR lot Bleacher Report yeah, Live, yeah, which was three bucks a five game. bucks a game. Yeah, okay. three or five bucks a game or whatever it was. And then a lot of their Champions League games got buried over there. And I, you know, would just watch in Spanish or whatever to avoid paying them. So sure. it's I, I think CBS will be better for that, I suppose. And that was that that was actually one of the d- disappointing li- things from year one to year two of that deal was um Univision Deportes the first year, they had every game on. Yeah. And then the second year, they, they put up the paywall. And I'm like, no! I was so excited I could watch them online. My Spanish is horrible, but man, I could watch soccer. And then they put it behind a paywall. And then they'd have one or two games, and that was it. And that made me sad. But um, CBS All Access, I already have. I've been watching, using it for the NWSL Challenge Cup, which the feed has been good. The camera work quality has been good. The cameras are, you know, the camera work is Fine. good. The yeah. They got yeah. their audio mixing problem. They figured sorted. that out, yep. They have different talent on all the time from that studio show they do. Like I feel like it's been four or five different people. Thomas Rongen is weird and sometimes yeah. makes stuff up or doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, Correct. Sandra Herrera is great. Um she you said that just because she wrote for Hot Time. She just because she wrote for Hot Time in Old Town. Yeah, Dude, I was we'll, a we'll fan you. of hers. No, I, I'm giving you a hard time. Issue with hot time. And I told her that when I'm like, you're leaving. When I got to hot time, she had already planned on leaving to start the Southside Trap Pod with the uh, the Patreon thing with Claire. Claire. And um, I'm like, no, you, you don't get to leave. Like, I, you're awesome. You're like the reason I, I kind of rediscovered hot time was Honestly, because sure. I needed to figure out how to watch the Red Stars one day. I found one of their how to watch pieces and then kind of started diving in and reading what they had again. I, I had stopped reading Hot Time for, I don't know for what reason, but I just kind of faded away uh, with the fire. Maybe it was just that the fire were bad, but fire had been bad for a long time, so I don't know if that was it. True. No, um, San- I don't, Sandra's I don't think knowledge... they'll be bad this year, though. No. I, uh, let, uh, to wrap up the NWSL, uh, Sandra's knowledge in terms of the NWSL is second to none. And anybody who isn't watching, they should take a look at it. I, it, it is again, funny. you're going to need it for yeah. the cha- you're going to need you're going to need it for the Champions League. And the so- the soccer has been entertaining. It's been Love really it. really good yeah. for the most part. It has been. Um, the national anthem I, I could go without. And MLS is proving to, yeah. it's not necessary, yeah. but we're going to leave it at that. And but definitely, if you listen and you don't have CBS All Access, it's free for at this point, probably through the rest of the tournament or close to it. Check out, check it out because you got you got um, Southside Trap, Sandra Herrera used to write for Hot Time. She's she's amazing on the pregame. You got Mike Watts doing the play by play. He's he does he's. Notorious with USL, he's really, really good as he's well. Good. Yeah, I like him. He and I, I gave him. I will admit, I'm off the hot time in Old Town feed. He said something that I thought was goofy during the, and two days later he came back. He went back and he came over the top at me. And goes, well, that was more of a description myself. But it, the fact that he interacted like a day later or two days later of, of something yeah, I poked fun. fun at him for, it was it was awesome. So definitely. 
it's good soccer. And as, as we've we've maintained on this show from the get go, more soccer is not a bad thing. It doesn't it's, have to be great soccer. It's it's still entertaining because it's, you know what? It beats the hell out of golf. It beats the hell out of other right. things. I so. I think it's it's a great product to me. It's like it's I mean it's the best women's league in the world. Um, sure. It's and if you have this issue where you're a man who doesn't want to watch women's sports, I I guarantee you, it's a little different. You'll notice like if you've only ever watched men's soccer, it's a little slower and there's a little more space, and that's pretty much it. It's still you still have people like Rose Lavelle who do crazy fun things. Uh, you still have ass kickers out there like Julie Ertz who's sliding around on turf. By the way, can we get the women grass? Like, yeah. Like, why yeah. do they have to have turf all? Like, I'm with them on this a thousand percent. Do you know how bad it hurts to slide on turf? I mean, you know, you've done it. It's terrible. It's terrible. It is. I, I felt I feel like because of the number of games they're playing in such a compressed period of time, that was kind that's of the only, yeah, that's the only argument for it, but the MLS is back field is grass, so it's also in Florida, not in Utah. Utah in the summer, I hate to say it is an arid place. It is not yeah. an area conducive to growing grass in especially in the summer. And that's one of the things with you get to the west and I having lived in Arizona, there are places you look at go. Like, you know, Sacramento is not close to the, you know, the style. It's relatively far. It gets hot. It yeah. still gets hot. I mean, the temperatures there are in the 90s. Now, how Rory does a hoodie, you'll have to you'll have to ask him at some point. How the hell he does a hoodie in a 90-degree day, I don't understand. But, it, you know, I, I guess I'll sum up. If nothing else, if you if you if you like watching uniform, the uniforms in the NWSL are the best in the world. Sorry, end of story. Top to bottom, you don't have a bad uniform matchup ever, so there's that to go with it too. So, but like I said, grab it, grab your free preview, watch Picard, watch the NWSL Challenge Cup, get ready for the get ready for the Champions League because you know what, all the stuff they're testing out in the champ in this in the NWSL, NWSL Challenge Cup. You know they're going to play forward when they get to the the Champions League coverage as well. So, not a bad thing there. Um, I had a, I had a thought. I want to go back to MLS's back. They showed a, a low shot of the stadium and seeing all the cameras up in the air. It kind of reminded me of watching like the British Open with those cameras way the hell up there like that. With yeah. The camera, the towers. Like it just like an arbitrary random places. I'm like, am I watching the British Open or MLS's back? But the giant Adidas logo gave it away. So the, key, yeah, right. the camera, the camera angles are are uh, cool. That's one of the aspects of this. I do think is it's pretty cool. Have you done? Um, have you, did you did you try the aerial feed? No, I didn't. Inter- I? It, it's interesting. It's it's interesting. I only did it. For, I tried it for a few minutes and then I went back to the regular it, because there is no play by play with it. It's just it's like an overhead moving camera and I, I feel like you've got a drone just watching the game it's kind of cool and then but I'm one that one when I don't have the announcers I'm like all right I'll go back and get the announcers back in the game so I went back to it um so for those who if you're if you're picking this up in the morning probably MLS action on right now what's your thought on these these 8 a.m I, I know they're doing it for the weather but is this something that they do going forward do you think 
I don't know if they do it going forward, but I love it. I, you know, I think this is something they do, and it's everybody's savaging Garber, but Garber's not dumb in this sense to look at it. If you did an 8 a.m. MLS game before the Premier League games kick off, you know, later in the year, get that early game, and is that a bad thing? Get it, you know, it, get soccer with breakfast. Instead of competing with the NFL, what if you did it before the NFL? My favorite thing about the Premier League, being a Premier League fan, is that the games are in the morning. I love sports in the morning. It's probably because I, I'm an old man, and I have things to do throughout the day. I still mm-hmm. like you know going to a game at night. I don't really want to go to a game at Soldier Field at 8 a.m., I'll tell you that. There's that. But True. If you have yes. a TV product for me at 8 a.m., I will watch it. You know what, though? But the, I can tell you, I, and I think back to when I was in college, and you went to Illinois, I went to Minnesota. If you had a national game at 11 a.m. or an early, an 8 a.m. game, you're going to get people that go just because, hey, it's early morning, it's national television. I want to be a part of that event. Yeah, yeah I went to plenty of 11 and, a lot of games. And, and I, and I, I think back to my time in Arizona, Premier League games that start at 9, 9.30 or whatever in here, in Arizona, it's breakfast time. It's 7.30, yeah. you know, 6.30, And being able to wake up and grab the Premier League like that was awesome. Grab college football at 9. There's something, like you said, there's something cool about sports early, and that was before I had kids. And... I think this idea of trying to sneak a, a national Premier League, national MLS game in before the Premier League, I think has merit. Yes, it only works out east. Well, maybe. Again, you're talking about an event. If you were to be, say, hey, Seattle Sounders, you're going to have a 6 a.m. game show up. You don't think people are going to show up and just be nuts because they can? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be tough to sneak one in before the Premier League because a lot of times the Premier League starts. Well, they have that 630 game, right? Yeah. So I don't really think it's a good idea for MLS to try to go head to head with the Premier League. Um, But but I do think there's more opportunity for early games. Maybe Sunday because the Premier League starts. They usually start a little later on Sunday. But you get my point. I don't. I I feel like it's field testing to see if the if the audience shows up. Hey, maybe this is something we try going forward. I, I like the idea. I love the creativity of this event. Try things that you may not try otherwise. See what works, see what doesn't, and run with it. My guess is this Adidas logo thing in the middle of the field is here to stay. Sorry to break yeah, the news to you. Gerber I, alluded to that. I He did a uh, Zoom news conference that I was a part of a couple of weeks ago, and he somebody asked about, recouping dollars from the corporate sponsors and he said you will see that our sponsors are very prominently placed and i don't think adidas could have been more prominently placed and like i said you want you watch enough basketball seeing something in the middle like in the center circle you're like yeah whatever you just kind of get used to it and if you watch college basketball and if you watch college basketball specifically these early season tournaments, they're all corporate sponsored logos in the on, in the center court. The the bowl games are big corporate True. logos in the middle. Yeah, you get used to it. Is it normal for soccer? No, 
you watch it, if you've watched indoor soccer, they have a logo in the middle of the field. I don't, it, it, to me, it didn't hurt my feelings. It's Adidas. It's, it's a, it, it is one of my favorite companies. Like it's, it's not like it was some company I hate. It wasn't Best Buy in the middle or something, but um, it, it's, I, I don't, you know, it's one of those things that like I didn't like the way it looked, but I'm also not sad. I'm not like I'm not angry. It's just soccer. It it, it, it is. If they have, if they have it, to put that on there for their survival, then whatever. I'm fine with it. You know, I I I think of the level of butthurt that people have had over the years. When the Premier League decided to put the the corporate patch on the shoulder, when Barcelona finally got a sponsor, it's like you know what? It's either that or they don't spend as much money on players as they do otherwise. If that if putting that Adidas logo smack dab in the middle of the field means Adidas pays them more money, I can get over looking at at the Adidas logo for ninety minutes. I guess that's kind of if there's more money going in the players' pockets, if there's more money spent on players, hey, I don't care. I really don't. Yeah, that's kind of the key for me, too. If it goes to the players, it makes me happy. If it lines rich owners' pockets, I don't. But you you can't have one without the other. I guess if it improves the quality of play. If it improves the quality of play, yeah, let's do it. Whatever. Everybody's got a benefit. I I don't mind. I like watching Liga MX. And, and, oh, my God, if, if there's a spot on their jersey missing a sponsor, there's something wrong. And I don't care. Those I are still watch disaster. the gamut. Those are but like you know what? car fire suits. Who cares? It's still really fun soccer to watch. Oh, yeah. And, and isn't that all? The, the... I guess the best that... part of the Liga MX jerseys is probably that the three-digit number thing. Oh, yeah. In the preseason games, yes, you'll get the three-digit yeah, it numbers really fits, out there. Yeah, it fits the, uh, the whole aesthetic well. It really, it really does. And on that note, this is the Mini Van Dad Soccer Pod. I'm your host TJ. We're at at Mini Van Dad Pod on Twitter. We'll be on, we're on Spotify. Uh, I guess is it Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, who, which is the, the word. You the tell first, me, TJ. And... I don't know where we are. I know you don't. You don't know where you are half the time. We kind of go with that. So. So definitely check it out. Find somebody. Tell your friends. Keep keep the show going. We've been doing this what almost two years now, and we keep going. I you know it's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful thing. So what what are your final thoughts this week, Pat? I will tell you this. Uh, I am very excited about a player on the Chicago Fire named Mauricio Pineda. Um, Raphael Wiki, when I talked to him a couple weeks ago, said that, and he's not a guy who wants to like heap praise on one individual he's a very team guy but he said Pineda's been playing out of his mind I, I can tell you that Pineda would have started over Johan Kapelhoff even if Johan Kapelhoff were there um, I believe and he today in the uh, friendly that they played with Minnesota United because both teams got jobbed out of their first game um, he scored an absolute rocket that he, you know, he's playing center back. The ball drops to him, uh, probably ten yards past the eighteen, um, and he just corks it 
sends a missile back at the net and somebody got it on cell phone video because there weren't cameras and i guess it happened so early in the game that the fires uh production crew was moving tripod locations and missed it but somebody got it in the stands our guy alex calavries found it uh mauricio put it on his instagram i tweeted it out it's insane so i'm very excited about him and you should go check out that goal and let's kind of finish with this before i get to my final thought is this is this team going to surprise some people in this tournament i mean they they seem like they've already come in with having the navy practice jerseys they're already kind of moving up from where they were even going into it is this team going to do some damage i mean what's your thought you're around them more you you seem bullish on them should we be I think it's a very different team than it's a very different organization and a very different team on the field than what people are traditionally used to for the fire. And I really feel like I don't think they're going to win the tournament. I'm going to be honest. I I just don't have that level of feeling yet, but I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't advance out of their group and who knows what their group's going to be. I guess we'll find out Thursday, but if they have to move because of the Nashville situation, but this team is pretty good. It has a few question marks, um, sure. but it has, it's MLS. It's MLS. Every team has question marks. Yeah. It, it, they have actual professional level depth at a lot of their positions now to the point where good players will sit on the bench. I would not be surprised if Georgie Mihalovic, a national team, U.S. national team player, does not start for this team. As good as he well, was in the first two games of the year. That's not to say he's st- bad. He's good. The team is that good, I think. And you had said you did an interview with a company with somebody down in Argentina, and they kind of gave... and. They kind of filled you in on Jimenez and Elisabeth. Yeah. What did they um, tell you? What did they tell you about that? Because I, I know you Jimenez told me. I don't is, know. I don't know if it ever made Hot Town. So Jimenez is a lot of this we knew, but they're very, very, very big on, and you can kind of sense why after you saw what happened uh, last season uh, with bringing in quality characters, good teammates that be, before everything else, talent, whatever. Heights and Wiki want you to be a good quality person and a quality teammate. And this guy said, <clears throat> Gaston Jimenez is one of the best teammates and the best leaders, the best people that he's ever seen. And he's a, he was a fan of Velez, where, where Jimenez came from. He said the coach was so upset that he had to lose Jimenez that he quit. Like Jimenez is a beast out there. He's a leader. He works hard. He's a great teammate. He's a great person. The one time I, I talked to him in broken Spanish for about 10 minutes right after he got there, and he did seem like a very kind person, very good, nice guy. Um, I think he's fantastic. Aliceta is kind of a crapshoot. He, he said the guy's got a crazy amount of talent, but he just turned 20. So um, we shall see what he can do, but he's very, very fast. And very very um, creative. He, he's a guy who will right. dribble at you. Well, and and that and that's what I'm looking for. I was kind of hoping to get to because I, I forgot about that piece earlier. Um, 
No, I, 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 I want to be bullish on the fire. I always am because it sucks just not being. You, you got to have that hope. So, um, Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, like I said, ch- definitely check out everything Pat has done at Hot Time at Old Town. I know Pat's going to retweet one more time, if not put it up one more time. The, the Get to Know the Fire Players. If you're just catching up on the fire, give it a read because, oh, my God, it is amazingly good. You will have every question answered about the uh, all these players that came in right before the, the COVID break. Definitely check that piece out. I'm, I'm also on Hot Time in Old Town. I write about the Red Stars. Um, I did it, you know, game reports. Definitely check those out, too. And on that note, it's getting close to midnight here. You're done. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You wanna be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You wanna be where everybody knows your name.